to Oh Baby, the laid-back podcast about pregnancy, birth, and motherhood. I'm your host, Alessia Plohe. Joining us today is Alice Lou Culligan, an MD-PhD student at the Yale School of Medicine in New Haven, Connecticut. Alice is an immunologist focused on COVID and pregnancy, and last week she wrote a very important op-ed in the New York Times with her academic mentor that made the case for pregnant and nursing women who may want or need the COVID vaccine to go and get it because the risks of contracting COVID are so much worse. Alice, it is a big pleasure to have you here with us to talk about this vital, vital topic right now. Hi, Alessia. It's a pleasure to be here today. Alice, part of the reason you wrote this op-ed is because of the confusion around COVID vaccines and pregnancy. There is so much misinformation out there about the vaccines causing infertility, fear that the vaccine itself will cause COVID, um, and really a lack of clear public messaging on the topic from health bodies, from the World Health Organization to the CDC um, and to others. And because you work in this field, women were coming to you looking for answers and reassurance, right? Right? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I decided to write about these topics because it was just coming up so often in life. So I'm 32 myself right now. So many of these women are my peers. They were acquaintances, friends, or friends of friends, even some strangers that heard I was willing to engage with them in a really thoughtful discussion about these hazy issues. And I just found that a lot of women wanted to talk to somebody with any level of expertise who was willing to help them talk through um, what is very difficult decision making. Kudos to you for for engaging with them, because I know that in my own experience being pregnant, um, so many people are willing to pass the buck. One of the things that's so confusing about COVID and pregnancy is that people are giving conflicting advice. And I'm sure that that's why these women were coming to you is because they're getting, you know, the World Health Organization saying one thing, the CDC saying another thing. Where do these bodies stand on the two um, emergency use vaccines, Moderna and Pfizer and pregnancy and nursing women? Yeah, so I completely hear what you're saying. Um, I just first want to say I really understand that it's hard to make broad recommendations without the data. So I understand the bind that these organizations are in. Um, You know, they don't want to be giving strong medical advice to women without having the facts. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, many of the women that I have been talking to they haven't even necessarily been looking for hard data per se. They really wanted to understand the range of risk involved in each of their choices, and they wanted reassurance in whichever path they chose. So I feel that a lot of these guidelines and recommendations fail to kind of appropriately consider what the range of possibilities are in whichever decision these women make. I will say that I, you know, I think that um, the interpretation of the CDC and ACOG has been that pregnant women should have the choice to get the vaccine or not and make that determination with their clinical provider. The language 
you know, earlier last week from the WHO seemed to discourage pregnant women from accessing the vaccine, which was extremely confusing and sounded like it was in conflict with CDC guidelines, for example. Um, And then, of course, the WHO soon after that modified or softened the language to some extent to make it sound like they were open to having pregnant women decide for themselves, which I do feel is something that um, we should be advocating is that pregnant women, in the face of not having the data, deserve the right to decide for themselves um, whether they are willing to take the risk in the face of not having enough data um, and based on their own personal circumstances. Let's talk a little bit about the misinformation because this this made a lot of news in the last couple of weeks. Um, there were there were some news reports that the COVID vaccines, specifically the Pfizer vaccine, ca- potentially would cause infertility in women. I know that you specifically studied a, a little bit about this and you talked about it in the op-ed. Tell us what you found and if there's any truth to this. Yeah, so this theory has been really, really popular on social media, and it's completely untrue. The theory states that the antibodies induced by the coronavirus vaccines could have a potentially detrimental side effect of attacking any developing placental tissue. It's completely implausible and completely false. So to kind of put the nail in the coffin on this theory... What we did in our lab, we have the privilege of having patient-consented access to many, many blood samples from women who have had COVID-19. And we actually looked at the antibodies in their blood to see if there's any chance that antibodies targeting the coronavirus could actually cross-react with this placental protein. And we found absolutely no evidence of that. Um, These are unpublished data right now, but we're actually going to continue some of these studies and some of this work and we'll be sure to release it um, into the public domain at some point. But from a scientific and biological view, these theories are really extremely implausible and also extremely dangerous and harmful because we strongly believe that we want women to be vaccinated before they get pregnant. And I think that myths and rumors like this one are actively damaging that effort. Tell me more about why you made the argument in your op-ed that that the risks of COVID are of contracting COVID while pregnant are much higher than the risks of getting the vaccine. Yeah, so unfortunately pregnant women as we know and also nursing or lactating women weren't included in the early clinical trials of either the Pfizer-BioNTech or Moderna vaccine trials. Um, However, we do have at this point some preliminary animal data that very fortunately do not show any, um, you know, any red flags. There aren't any discouraging signs there. Um, And, you know, although that the, although they're animal data, uh, we do, we do currently have um, at this stage human studies that are being initiated, and hopefully we will have that data soon. In the absence of that 
of having that ideal data. And for this reason, you know, I know that many in the medical field have been fiercely advocating that pregnant women should have been included in the very first trials. There certainly were a lot of pregnant women who wanted to volunteer for these studies, but were actively excluded from them. In the absence of that data right now, what we do have are the data on women who have contracted COVID-19 disease during pregnancy. And there, the results are extremely alarming. So pregnant women are a high-risk group and high-risk category for COVID-19 disease. They have worse outcomes, and there appears to be higher risk for certain pregnancy complications at this time. So what we can say is that while we don't know everything about the vaccine, we do know the dangers quite well at this point, and even more data are emerging on the dangers of COVID-19 disease during pregnancy. Um, there's also a lot of reason to believe that the vaccine is going to be, in any case, much safer than um, fulminant COVID-19 disease in pregnant women. So the theoretical risk of a vaccine during pregnancy is that you're having a maternal immune response during this very sensitive developmental period. If you actually get infected with a virus such as SARS-CoV-2 during pregnancy, not only are you having an immune response, but you're also having damage inflicted by the virus. So for SARS-CoV-2, we know that the virus in rare cases can infect the placenta. And when it does that, it's really destroying these cells, these critical structural um, cells of the placenta. And that in itself is going to cause far more harm than just an immune response alone. So if you're comparing the vaccine um, to the disease itself, the vaccine in theory might give you some degree of an immune response during pregnancy, the consequences of which are unknown right now. There is some measure of risk there because we don't know what that immune activation is going to do during pregnancy um, or to the developing baby. But much, much worse than that is actually getting infected with the virus, which is going to both give you an immune response and, um, you know, in the case of severe COVID-19 disease, which pregnant women are at higher risk for, a much worse immune response. Um, and in addition to that, all of the damage uh, incurred by the virus itself, which, you know, when replicating uncontrollably, which is exactly what a virus is designed to do, is destroying everything in its wake. Um, so to me, the question um, for pregnant women is the risk stratification is there is potentially some risk incurred by vaccination during pregnancy due to the immune response alone. But on the other hand, um, there's a far greater degree of risk that we know is possible from viral infection. I just feel that in the absence of data, women need to know the range of possibilities of risk involved. And right now, the conversation has just been at the extremes. And what's true about the, what I think is, you know, what we think is true about the actual risk involved is that, you know, the stakes aren't as high as all this myth-making and this fear-mongering is making them.
let's start at the beginning. Uh, I want to get pregnant. Should I take this vaccine? Yeah, so I think that there, if we're talking about women who are not pregnant, they're of childbearing age, to me, that's a no-brainer. We have so much safety data uh, in that demographic, and women are getting pregnant left and right after getting the vaccine. So there's just no reason to believe that that's a risk. But for women kind of looking at these fear-mongering social media posts, uh, they make it seem like there have been, at this point, not enough cases or studies done for us to know that. But in reality, we absolutely know that. At this point, there have been tens of millions of Americans alone who have gotten vaccinated with these vaccines, um, at least had one dose. And we know that women are getting pregnant. You know, we haven't seen any physicians, any clinical reports of women who have uh, been struggling to conceive post-vaccination. So I think that that's a really good example of the risk being overblown in the face of overwhelming data. What about first trimester? First trimester, not seeing many people. Yeah, so I think that it's a sliding scale and it's a really personal decision for each woman based on what their risk is, what their personal degree of conservatism is, um, and of course, um, you know, where they are in their pregnancy. So I think it makes sense if you're early in pregnancy to be a little more cautious as we are with many of our other habits. Um, but in that case, I think that we need to double down on personal safety measures. Mm -hmm. I think later in pregnancy, um, in that, in that scenario, you know, the, the risk is much lower, especially in the third trimester as you get closer to term, particularly. So I think that we have to consider these, um, particular developmental milestones as well, um, in addition to your personal risk based on where you work and how you live and how large your bubble is um, and what kind of personal precautions you're taking. We do have enough data at this point to know that some of the most serious complications and the scariest uh, risks that women think they're taking with vaccination pregnancy likely um, are not there. So I think that um, when we talk about the vaccine during pregnancy, a lot of women think that the most likely risks are loss of their pregnancy and um, really horrendous effects like birth defects and things like that. And I think that the, the range of risk there has been kind of... Um, has been tempered by the data that we have seen. So, you know, we, I think that the, some of the most dramatic effects that women are scared of um, in terms of taking the vaccine during pregnancy don't seem to be uh, likely at all. Um, and I think that that is something that women need to hear is uh, what, what we think the actual risks are maybe don't align with some of the scariest theories out there. If you talk to women who are pregnant or nursing, these are the women that feel that they don't have the data to make the decisions that, you know, they want to or need to make. 
And if you ask them what their greatest fears are about taking the vaccine, they're worried about things like, you know, really permanently harming their child, um, causing death even. I've heard that from many women. And I just don't, um, what we know at this point, um, backs any of those worst fears up. So, you know, we started this podcast with with the scary topic of COVID and the unknown topic of COVID and pregnancy. But as I've spoken to you, I feel better and I feel optimistic and I feel enlightened. And that's how I felt after I read the op-ed, because really there's more good news here than bad news. And the good news is that if you're being smart and wearing a mask and social distancing and not seeing a lot of people that you don't have to see and hermiting inside your house, unfortunately, and you're pregnant, you have a pretty good shot at not getting COVID at all. And and so you're probably okay not to get the vaccine if you really don't want it. On the other hand, if you are a high-risk nurse and you're going out there on the front lines to help people beat this disease and you're pregnant and you're in your third trimester, there is plenty of optimistic reason for you to get this vaccine and not think twice about it because the risk of you contracting COVID is much worse. And there has been no evidence so far to show that there's any serious risk in getting this vaccine if you are pregnant. And the other great news is that, and I know you're going to love this, Alice, we've got more data coming, right? Uh, Pfizer has has said that they are going to test the vaccine in pregnant women. Specifically, pregnant women will be administered with the vaccine in the next few months, and they're going to release those results. Moderna is establishing a registry for side effects in vaccinated pregnant women, and the CDC is doing the same thing. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like by the summer and maybe even, you know, early to mid-spring, we're going to know a whole lot more than we do now. Absolutely. So the, you know, the bright side to this is that we're only accumulating more data as time goes on. I also think that these companies and a lot of the public have opened their eyes to how important it is to include pregnant women and these different demographics into their clinical trials and acquire that data early on in the process. So hopefully that will be a lasting reform that um, we can look forward to in future um, studies as well. I think that um, there already has been some good news in terms of uh, the fact that there are pregnant women right now getting vaccinated with these COVID-19 vaccines. And so far, there haven't been any concerning reports. Um, there have also been women who have gotten vaccines um, already conceiving. And we know of these people because we've heard, um, we've heard from their providers and we've heard from these patients. So I think that there's a lot of optimism just because we haven't had a large-scale clinical trial, which truly is the gold standard in this field, doesn't mean we don't know anything. There have been women who have, you know, inadvertently um, gotten pregnant since um, being part of the clinical trial or inadvertently been pregnant while um, receiving the vaccine. Um, and so far, there really haven't been issues uh, reported, which 
can give us a lot of optimism. And like you said, there are only going to be more studies, more attention paid to this, and more data being accumulated over the coming months. And hopefully more uh, researchers and academics like you, Alice, who are willing to put a name and a face to a very um, research and evidence-based statement about what women should do. Uh, Because many times they don't know, especially in pregnancy. And we just look to a voice of authority to help make sense of all of the confusion and, and everything that's happening around us. So thank you so much for being you. Thanks for writing the op-ed in the Times. Thanks for coming on Oh Baby and uh, educating our listeners about, about COVID, pregnancy, and the vaccine. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor to be here with you today. You've been listening to Oh Baby, the laid-back podcast about pregnancy, birth, and motherhood. See you next time.